0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Palmer Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Really great to be with you all again. Uh and I'm really excited today because I get to talk to one of my best friends, who I always love talking to, who's been a guest on the show, I don't know, two or three times already. Um, uh, writer Jim Woods. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for
1: having me, James. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Yeah, it's always uh it's always it's always a privilege to have you on. Um, I love talking to you about all sorts of things. <laughs> There's so many things we end up talking about, um, uh, yeah, around so many subjects. So, um, but this time you're on uh, because you've got a novel out. Um, you've been a prolific writer uh, already. Um, written some nonfiction books, which have done really well. I've uh, been writing for your, for in all different sorts of places, uh, and now you've got a novel out, and uh, it's really exciting, I'd, and the funny thing about this is, we're really good friends, but I had no idea this was coming out until, like, the day before it was released, I didn't even know you were writing a novel for some reason, I had no, I don't know why, that didn't, that didn't cross my uh, cross my stream of consciousness, but um, but anyway, yeah, it's um, I think it's really exciting, so tell us a bit about it.
1: Thank you, James. Yeah, I some of that was a little bit intentional. Um I didn't want to be the one that teases a lot. I don't like that when people tease a lot and it's like hey, g- good news coming. Hey, a cover reveal. Hey, I I I just don't like that. So, yeah, um so that part of that was that was the funny part James was like, "Hey, by the way, I have a novel out." Um my novel is called Bite the Bullet. It's a gritty Chicago cop crime story and it is really like if you took the godfather and combined it with the wire and it is like one man against all odds it's it I almost am wording it kind of like die hard it kind of is in a way but it has all of my like police influences and Quentin Tarantino is one of my influences and it was just a labor of love it really was and the funniest part James which I think you'll get a kick out of. I don't think I've actually ever told you this directly. I wanted to work for the FBI. I originally wow. wanted to work for the feds and that was my that was my plan. In in college, like I went into accounting to work for the FBI. I wanted to do white collar crime. So, taking that little jewel of information. I have to read you this one little tiny bit on my book cuz it's so funny. Jim Woods is a writer from Akron, Ohio. Once upon a time, he wanted to be an FBI agent like Fox Mulder. But then he realized the X-Files don't really exist. And that's why he writes fiction today. And that is really the honest truth. It was like at age 18, around there, I saw the X-Files movie. I wasn't even like this massive fan of the series because I didn't like catch all of it when it first aired. But it was like such an influence. I was like, oh my gosh, I can fight for truth. I can find the truth. You know, the truth is out there kind of thing. And that was kind of the the start of it. And then I was like, oh, I want to work for the FBI. This sounds great. Well, I didn't work for the FBI. 9-11 happened. And as you know, that shook up the entire world. And my grades weren't like 4.0. I didn't speak Arabic. So I was not any there's no way I could have gotten into the FBI, especially when I graduated college, which would have been like yeah. 2002. So I just literally went with kind of the easy career. Um, worked Worked for my local government. I worked. I did some investigative type stuff, and I always enjoyed that. But it was never like adventurous. You know, I worked and I did work at the police for quite a bit when I even um, lived in Nashville. I worked with the police a bit. I worked with the police here in Ohio where I live. And I was kind of like, they're off having fun. But then I realized it's like, wait, they're not necessarily having fun. They're, they're writing a lot of tickets. There's a lot of paperwork. And I thought, you know what? I want to tell stories. That's what the fun part is. Like X-Files is a story. I want to write fiction stories. So that's kind of the little behind the scenes uh, for this book.
0: I love that. I love that there's always a story behind the story. And uh, yeah, I've read the synopsis of it and it sounds really, Interesting. It's like, it, like The Departed was one that definitely came to mind when I when I read it because that's. I could of, see that. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. I, I it's one of my favourite films, The Departed. If you haven't seen it, and it's your kind of thing, I would recommend it. Um, um, yeah, which is that that story is kind of like one guy against the system. Like you know, DiCaprio's character is kind of fighting against the system um, from out almost from. From inside it and outside it, it's like um, it's yeah. a remake of a. That's actually a remake of a, of a film called Internal Affairs. I think a, a Chinese mm-hmm. film. Um, so uh, yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, I recommend the movie. I recommend the book. <laughs> I haven't read it. I know that if Jim's written it, it's going to be a great book. Um, and so James,
1: what, I, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, go ahead. Gonna say I
1: something. just. I was, and I was. I'll be totally honest. I was so scared to release this book. I didn't know if it was good enough. I wasn't sure. I was afraid I was going to offend a lot of people because this is very much an R-rated book. The language is not clean. It is gritty and it is exciting and it's kind of, you know, full throttle. And when I when I launched it, I was like all these people I knew or like older and more conservative. And I thought I am going to affre- offend everybody. Like I'm going to be offending everybody. And I, they're all going to look at me like this, um, mean little potty mouth, if you will, or something. And it was just that my response has actually been quite the opposite. And I've realized it's like, don't make assumptions. People love stories. Don't make assumptions. And I I was even afraid for my wife to read it because she normally wouldn't read it. She's reading it like right now. I didn't have her read it like way before I launched. It. I was like, look, here it is. I'm going to launch out in the world. And I'm not even sure yet on her feedback, but all the other feedback I've been blown away because people really like to read fast paced, fast paced stories. And some people will gobble it up. Like I've had a few people like, Hey, are you going to make this screenplay? Hey, when's the next book coming out? And I'm like, I'm like, what? Wait, what? you know, and every day I hear any positive feedback, I'm just like, wow, we have to share stories. James, this goes to you, all the listeners. You got to tell stories, even to me, even like for me right now, I want to, I kind of want to rest on my laurels and say, "Ah, let's take a break for a while. Let's chill. You know, I've just released this book no, we all have to tell stories because stories really connect us together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When we always end up talking about story when we when we uh, have conversations, don't we? <laughs> it's I our language. I absolutely love that. Um, it's our language. Yeah, it is. it really is. Um, and yeah, you're. I'm not surprised people are asking you to write screenplays and stuff. I mean, I definitely. Fiction is something that I I've never written. I've never really explored at all, uh, and I don't know uh, I don't know whether I will. But if I, I think if I did, I'd probably want to write screenplays because I've seen so many movies. Mm-hmm. And I know how story structure works in and I know a story and a bad story and, uh, and character development and all of that. And I've lived character development in my myself and. I'm curious about what I, what I would write if I wrote something fictional. Um, and I uh, know
1: for sure, James, at bare minimum, it would be honest. It would be authentic. And that's what I was sincerely trying to do with my book, where it's like, look, I could pull punches. I could clean up the language. But I know policemen, and I know how they talk. And I know like I wanted to make it real. And I know for a fact, James, when you, if you decide to write fiction, which this is one of the most rewarding projects I've ever partaken in by far, Um, definitely the hardest. Like it's definitely number one at the top of the mountain for me. Um, But it's so rewarding because I'm a better person having written it. Um, Despite it being a gritty, you know, dirty kind of cynical story at times, it's, I find hope in it because I think all stories at least are partially a redemption story. Yeah. And you know, yeah. if you have, if you have a, a, you know, like I, I really like antiheroes. I, I, I know you're more Superman. I'm more Batman. Cause I'm like, look, Batman, he's got issues on top of issues on top of
0: issues. Yeah. No, I love Batman as well. Honestly, I resonate <laughs> with, I resonate with him a lot. Cause I resonate with the grief, the anger, right wanting to bury your grief with anger you like all heroes that's it yeah well I, yeah i mean i resonate with with a lot of yeah <laughs> i think superman like i think there's an underestimate. and we're kind of diverging a little bit but but i don't mind when it's about superman um um yeah i think he he has to deal with grief as well because he he loses his adopted father right uh, and uh, and then he finds Lack of out.
1: identity too, lack of identity and um yeah. that's a common thread for all characters yeah even if you grow yeah. up in a quote-unquote perfect scenario which doesn't really exist but even if you have a you know we all are still searching for something i think it is as you know you and i both are enneagram fours so this is like hardwired to, for us in yeah our minds but we're always searching for something and we can't even necessarily put a, a word or a phrase or emotion for it but it's it's really it's more a sense of belonging but how do you really define belonging
0: you know exactly yeah that's right I, that's why all these stories about these characters resonate um because we find ourselves in them and uh yeah you because know, we all face conflict. We all experience conflict. Like I was saying, I think uh, I was saying the other day that, I, you know, the stories where everything goes well, everything's perfect, everything happens brilliantly, the guy succeeds, the guy gets everything he wants, um, there's no problems and no conflict. Like nobody watches that movie. Nobody reads that book. No, nobody. Agreed. Because it's boring. And it's not realistic. It's not authentic. It's not what life is really like um and life is about conflict and overcoming conflict and and somehow you know redeeming yourself or redeeming your story um and uh yeah uh, it'll be interesting. It'd be interesting to read your book and see how that how that pans out given the kind of synopsis of the book um it's uh yeah it sounds uh, really interesting I,
1: I have to smile and laugh james because you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I literally, um, a friend was started reading it yesterday. He just, he just messaged me. He's like, he's like, wow, this starts, it starts with a bang. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a minimalist. Like primarily I don't like to, um, you know, wait around for action. I tried my best to like crank up the action. So like from line one of the book, I'm like, look, stuff is moving. Stuff is happening and like you I'm very very influenced by film and I thought all along I was like what's the what's the movie I want to see what's the book I really want to read and I've I've read books and I mean I'm, I'm kind of like why is this book 400 pages when it really honestly would have been better if it was 200 pages or why why wait for why why make a reader wait for like 30 pages for something really exciting to happen like I'm like let's get them on page one and keep it going and make sure that there's stakes. And that's one thing that I, I'll be completely honest with you, James. I, I'm a little anti-Marvel right now because of the model where it's like, there aren't really, really high stakes. Like I need stuff to happen. Like none of that, you know, I think you mentioned it more recently is like none of that people die and then they come back. I don't I mean, I think it. it's different if it's in a big series or but like if you're if you're going to do something, make it have some real action, some stakes some consequences. That's that was kind of my approach. I was like, this is almost the opposite of a Marvel movie in like realistic cop, you know, yeah.
0: story kind of form. Yeah, I understand. that. Yeah. I, almost just something
1: different, too. It's not I'm not. I, I will take that back. I'm not necessarily anti-Marvel. I'm anti like doing stuff that's already been done so much. I'm kind of like, okay. I don't want to really write a superhero story. I want to write like something real, like you this could have been your neighbor. That kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I know what you mean. I do. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean with Marvel, I guess the you know, Endgame had the high, higher stakes because Tony Stark literally sacrificed himself, and he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some high stakes, but but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. There's a formula with Marvel um, which they follow, and it works. I mean, you know, there's some great Marvel movies. I love Marvel movies, but I know what you're saying for sure that you know that 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 you know when. I will
1: admit part of my logic too, though, James, is I'm not a chess player. (laughs) I can't think lots of steps ahead um, or lots of moves ahead, you know, bringing together a complex woven story like that. I'm like, what if it's just one more simple story? And yeah, I can, I can build it out later and build more of my, my world that I'm making. But like, yeah, I can't go in thinking, oh, this is going to be. 10 different stories or we're going to bring a bunch of other pieces. It just, for me, I like, I, I, it literally causes me to procrastinate and overthink. So when I say, okay, let's do this as kind of almost a one-off, like, okay, if this thing, if I stopped here, which is by the way, a total Quentin Tarantino trick, if I just stopped here and I finished right here with this story and nothing else happened, would I be satisfied? Yes. And that's, that's my check mark. Um, oh, that,
0: that's a, that's another thing that, yeah, that's a very Quentin Tarantino thing. Uh, in terms of movies and Christopher Nolan as well. So I remember that's the, that's the approach he took to um, the dark Knight trilogy. He said he didn't, when he made the first one, he didn't plan, didn't even think about. Sim-
1: right. And you can tell to a, a little bit, the more oh. you hear the interviews.
0: Yeah. He, he, he said in interviews, he was like, we'll just make the first one, make that a really great movie. We'll tell a great story. Um, maybe we'll have a little kind of tease or something at the end, but we're not actually going to – we're not thinking about a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. And They didn't. And they did the same thing with, with the second movie, uh, The Dark Knight, and um, that worked out really well because that's one of the greatest movies of all time. And uh, and they did the same with the third, although the third was a bit different because it kind of – it took on elements of story and character development, which come in – yeah the previous two movies mm-hmm. um but but even then it was uh, all three were kind of separate projects um mm-hmm. in terms of how they approached them creatively so uh and it worked you know so um yeah that it does make sense to do that uh, i i like that approach um and certainly I, I agree on the procrastination if if you're thinking like 10 steps and 10 stories ahead
1: you know what i'm saying
0: um how can you focus on the one story you're telling now they're trying to think okay well how do i connect this with that how do i connect this with that and like you know you're like it's um it's not that it's a bad thing it's just it it takes i a think it's months. i think
1: it's a preference too i mean you got to play to your strengths you got to yeah. play to your strengths exactly. and it's like as an emotional human being i am you know i I'm going to suck the emotion out of it if I start thinking, Oh, well this is like to think more chess and more engineering and more, you know, uh, like so many steps down the way versus i want to feel the pain that character is feeling. I want it to be as real as humanly possible. And here's a, here's a little, uh, fiction tip for you, James, and whoever else is wanting to geek out like I do. Um, There's a positive. If you're ever feeling sick, you know, write down the feelings, the sensations that you're having, and you can use that with characters. It's like, hmm, I feel like garbage. Okay, maybe there's a positive that can come out of this and I can, you know, put my characters through the ring or two later and, you know, come up with like 10 different ways to describe that you have an upset stomach. And I know that seems like a really crazy, weird exercise, but Mm -hmm. that's how we get creative. When we start playing around like that and saying, wow, my head's pounding, my head's hurting, my head feels like little hammers, you know, you're, you're, you're going to like, you're going to come up with something that's really cool and unique when you start playing around like that. It's like a kid at play it's like, Ooh, I'm just playing in the sandbox here and I'm going to build a sandcastle or going to, you know, drive my toys through the sandbox. And as adults, we're just often so serious, like we don't play enough and when you start like building your own worlds and start building characters based on people you've met characters you've seen before you know like making a character it's really play it's really play it
0: allows you to use your imagination to tell stuff like to tell a story and it allows you to tell Parts of your own story without having to tell your story. Um, mm-hmm. I remember Jim Carrey wrote a novel, and it was kind of based on his own story, but it wasn't him. It was. It was. It was. But it was very. It was very. It was kind of loosely based on his own story, but it was almost a memoir, but wasn't. <laughs> um, and it was a way that it was a way for him to tell his story without actually telling it. That makes sense, and I'm sure that was quite cathartic for him. Um, yeah, I mean, whenever we create something, it, it, it part of it comes from us. You know, a part of ourselves is reflected in the things that we create. Always, I've said that for years. That uh, when we create things, that you know, part of us is uh, is imbued into what we make. And so, uh, I'm going to, as I as I know you quite well, it's going to be interesting to see. What I see of you in in the book when I read it, because uh, <laughs> you know,
1: I I tried really 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 hard to write this aggressive bulldog of a leader type, like personality type, like type eight. If a real if an eight was really really aggressive and um, more assertive, and I, remember, I'm a four like you, James. So I'm I'm more laid back introvert. Let me just kind of chill in the background a little. And I thought. I can't do this. It's too much of a stretch, like to make the main protagonist that far away. So I brought it back closer to me and I said, okay, what if this guy is really, really coping with some trauma? Like I, I recently purchased a book. I don't know if you've heard of it, James. It's uh, the body keeps the score.
0: Oh yeah, I've read that. That's a great book. And I literally just bought it on
1: recommendation of a friend. And I thought research for my book, but then I realized I'm like, I was, I did it right. I did. I was second guessing myself. I was like, no, I did it right. And I, I, I understand trauma and PTSD better than I thought I did. And I'm definitely still going to read the book. I, st- I was reading it even today, James. I think it's really good. But um, if you, it's like it's a healing, cathartic experience because it's like, oh, if you're a really guilt-ridden character, and you know, PTSD doesn't just apply to soldiers. I think that's such a common myth. It's like anyone who's experienced trauma, period. Um, which you know, children, absolutely. You know, adults yeah, doesn't I mean, matter. Yeah, none of, none of the none of the dynamics yeah. matter. It's anyone can experience it. And I thought, well, okay, if this character has experienced the loss of some loved ones, his team has been under insane stress, the internal affairs, I don't, it's funny, internal affairs is like interfering with the investigation and they're on his heels and it's like, okay, Andy's an alcoholic. There's just so much going on. It's like, how would this person respond if they're human? just throwing out some of this personality stuff because I was getting a little lost in the weeds there. Like, ooh, think like this type, not that type. And I thought, no, if this guy is guilt ridden, that was the key for me. Like saying, okay, he feels guilty. Why? Because his he basically isn't cleaning up the streets of Chicago and he split with his wife and his son, his relationship with his son is, is being stretched too. It's like, okay, this guy is guilt ridden. He's only making it worse by continuing to drink more. It was like, you know, all these story elements were just kind of coming together. And I was like, look, I, I have studied a lot of things. Thankfully, I've worked with rehab clinics for a while. And that was one of my gigs as a writer. And that was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. It was a rehab clinics and they would build websites all over the world. And I would like write blog posts about, you know, PTSD or LSD or marijuana or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't second guess yourself a lot. Just kind of go with your gut a little. Um, I'm not saying, you know, wing it and make it up all the way, but like, you know, think if we're, if we're empathetic, I think we can do a lot as story story storytellers, as story crafters. We can do a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree. Empathy is really, really important when, when you're a storyteller uh and yeah ironically you often develop empathy going through trauma, going through trauma yourself um certainly I, my experiences. I'm quite an empathetic person anyway I'm, a highly, I'm highly sensitive I'm yeah I've always been a bit of an empath um but I think trauma my trauma heightened that certainly heightened yeah. my awareness heightened my sensitivity to it um And of course, you know, um, when when you come to tell a story, that means that you're able to create characters with that experience and empathize with them and connect with them and understand their story so that you can tell it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, character development is always really, really interesting if it's done really well. And I'm sure that you've done it really, really well.
1: I tried my best James. I'll tell you, this is one of those things where I feel like there are no real true masters. We're all continually learning. And I think it's hard at times um, to really get it right. I mean, it's like the editing, the rewriting that was, that was the hard part for me, honestly. Like I wrote this novel in like five months, six months and then I was kind of revising and editing for almost three years. And I was like, wow. what did I do wrong here? What was it? Well, the truth is I was figuring out my process and I was learning so much about dialogue and characters. It's like anyone can write action scenes. I think that's kind of like, hey, you know, I, I don't think the action scenes are the hard part. I think that's more the... Uh, It's like one ingredient in the recipe, (laughs) Um, but making the action scenes matter, you know, um, making it more than a spectacle. But I went through, uh, I had a couple great editors help me, and that was huge. And I realized next time around, I'm going to bring on an editor sooner rather than later. So I can, you know, bring more books, and more stories into the world, because frankly, I didn't know any better. I was, I was kind of wasting some time now looking back, I was polishing when I should have been like moving the rocks (laughs) instead of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of like polishing the rock, I should have been like moving the rock. Does the rock actually belong there versus, Hey, let's polish this sentence and polish this paragraph that I've read that even before, but you know, you learn by doing you really do. And it's, you learn by doing, you don't learn by reading you don't learn by hearing other people talk about stuff as much. You gotta, you know, take action and uh, get your hands dirty and uh, realize, like, it's a process of learning, and we're all learning in so many ways. I mean, even podcasts or nonfiction, or even if you're painting or whatever, making films, we're all learning, and that gives us a lot of grace. I think if we can say that and not be worried about the results because we can't control like how people respond to it we just can't i mean we can control the marketing yes and i'm glad to talk about that with you too james because i think i figured out some parts that worked there but um you know we can't control we can't control the response we can't control the reviews
0: (laughs) exactly right I've always said, I said this to people a lot that, you know, that, yeah, just surrender the outcome. When you're creating something, surrender the outcome. You're not creating something because of an out, because you want a certain outcome. If you are, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be good work either. It's not going to be, well, it's not going to be your best work anyway. That's, that's for sure. Um, I would agree. um, Absolutely. Your best work will be when. You just create something because you love to create it, because it's in you, because it's inspiring you, because you want to tell this story or whatever. And then you just put it out there into the world and let it be what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's a hit, it's a hit. If it's not, it doesn't matter. But that's easier said than done. I know that from experience. It is. It
1: is. When we take a story and call it our baby, that is the worst thing you could ever call it. Um, we get overly protective about it and it becomes our own identity and it's just, it's foolish. And the, the one thing I kept telling myself all along as I was writing this and bringing it out and publishing, I was like, look, this is just one book of many more to come. And I don't have to like pretend this is my own little Mount Everest. Yes. It's a big deal right now, but like give it some time, give it some perspective you know, you release 10 books, one book's not that big a deal. It's 10% of your outcome, you know, out of of your, of your efforts there. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I think that's, that's the important story I had to tell myself a few times because I was kind of like, Ooh, what if, what about fear of failure, fear of success? You know, I was, I was struggling with it all, James. And, I quit drinking coffee more recently. Like I'm drinking just decaf because I realized I was so anxious, so nervous and worried and just pushing away the caffeine, you know, not, not uh drugging myself, honestly, quite honestly with caffeine has really helped me. Cause I can, I'm not as worried about fear. Like I was a fear magnet when I was drinking five cups of coffee a day or however many I was having. I was a fear magnet because it was like intensifying and I couldn't sit still really. I was, it was more internal though. It wasn't like external. I wasn't like jumping around, but internally I couldn't sit still.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I should definitely try that. Giving up caffeine. Need to find an alternative. (laughs) It's not easy to give up caffeine. I don't have it in coffee, of course. I have it in cold drinks, but uh yeah giving up caffeine good idea yeah so what was what's the biggest lesson you learned about yourself and about yourself as a writer in in writing this book
1: i think it's the importance of mindset because having been stuck in editing and revisions for as long as i was with this novel you know it was a bit of a roller coaster i was like (laughs) I feeling good about my book. Not feeling good. Feeling good. Not feeling good. I really truly learned like mindset where positive mindset's important and realizing you can't fix all story problems in one swoop. Like you're not going to fix them all at once. And once I said, okay, I can do this. I can make those little changes that need to be changed. And also, hey, saying, hey, I'm going to get an editor and part of the burden, it's going to fall on their shoulders, not mine. Mm -hmm. And that really, really helped because I was like internalizing all the story stuff. And it was like, ooh, plot hole here. What happened? I don't know. And I think that's where that writer's block comes in when it's like, ooh, I'm not sure what happens here or I'm not sure what happens there. But once I started really telling myself, look, you're doing this one solution at a time, one, you know, one scene at a time, one chapter at a time, one act at a time. It was very much a mindset thing versus, you know, making it look easy. It wasn't easy. (laughs) It really, really wasn't. It was a, it was a blast to draft it, um, to just get it out there. But I, I realize now I made a lot of mistakes in the process and, I did learn a lot about myself and that I can, you know, I can do hard things. I can, you know, take it, uh, one beat at a time, one part of the story at a time. And also too, just to not pull any punches, be really, really honest and, uh, no, you're not for everybody. That's, that's a big part right there. Like I know I'm going to get some one star reviews, James. I already know this and I'm, working on that because I know it's part of the sign of growth, like getting that negative, like more proof and validation. No, you're not for everybody, but that's actually a really good thing. It's better to get a bunch of five stars and a bunch of one star and a bunch of one stars than a bunch of three stars Yeah, because you're playing it really safe and, you know, kind of bland, kind of not, um, not really making it, not really telling a true authentic story. If you're getting a three star all the way, everybody's saying, Hey, it's in the middle. Um, and it was just, it was really challenging at parts because of like the amount of anguish I had to put through the characters. Like the amount of anguish was crazy. And I kept thinking, okay, find the hope it's in there. It's not like, Pollyanna it's not like you know all smiley and happy throughout and that was never my intent um but the hope is definitely in there if you're looking for it I feel it's definitely in there especially the ending and just kind of you know focus on the 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 good stuff if you focus on the negative you're you're not I I wasn't going to finish I just wasn't um and so I hope that answers your question, James. It was just, it was so much mindset stuff and working with a coach was helpful too. I mean, that was a big part. Like if, if I hadn't been working with my coach, I don't know if I would have released it quite honestly, because it was so different and like, so gritty and authentic and raw versus, you know, writing something about, uh, nonfiction, um like productivity or self help or something like that. That's completely different. So yeah, it, it was it was such a learning experience, James. It's it's like I was the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, I'm not remotely the same guy <laughs> that just started writing the book versus the guy who finished it. I'm not even um yeah, yeah. I'm not I don't feel the same. I don't
0: <laughs> that's what that's what creating art does to you. It changes you, it transforms you, you know. Um, for sure. Absolutely. Um and just finally like what what's one thing that you would hope readers would get from from the book
1: I hope that they are entertained um I hope that they can empathize with the characters even if it's a you know an alcoholic cop who's hellbent on justice <laughs> Um, but empathize with all the pain that they're going through or, you know, everybody's had, everybody's experienced so many different varieties of pain. Um, I think too, I think just, I think like maybe, maybe just to think a little differently. I think that might be even a challenge. Like think a little differently as far as like how crime happens. Like, like why, I mean, I'm not saying, like, get all super in-depth with, like, um, all the philosophical stuff. But, like, you know, it, make, it makes sense if you back away a little bit. Because I, I, I really wanted to handle, like, the city of Chicago with respect. Um, I feel for them. I've been there. Chicago is one of my favorite cities. And, uh, yeah, just to understand a little bit more about the city. I think that would be, that would be really cool, too. Um, as a side effect, kind of like the wire did with Baltimore where the wire was so set in Baltimore. Baltimore was like a character in the story. I'm really trying to do that with like the South side of Chicago is a character in this story. And that's where, that's kind of where I want to keep things going in the future too.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Jim.
1: Um,
0: And you can get the book on Amazon. Amazon now um it's uh it's called bite the Billet*, and uh i would highly recommend it and i'm looking forward to reading it myself uh and uh jim you're on all the socials aren't you um yeah yeah
1: jim woods writes i'm jim woods writes on everything uh yeah and uh yeah the book's also available on like kobo and smashwords and barnes and noble um, so yeah, not just Amazon, Apple, uh, Apple books. It's, it's all available everywhere. And, uh, thank you so much for having me, James. This is such a pleasure. I, I love talking about stories and I'm still pinching myself a little here and there that this story is actually out there. Um, it's fantastic. it really is cool to say that, you know, it's I, like to sell, you know, copies of your book at, at a local bookstore that you love is it's surreal. It really is. And, I'm so grateful. Um, So thankful for you, James, for your support and for all the hard work that you're doing, Um, your kindness and generosity. Truly appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's really kind of you. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And go out and get that book. Take care, everyone.